auto dealers. Are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, July 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, times are good for retailers and rough for automated driving companies. Safety groups are calling for common names for driver assist features. And more automakers look to blast off to the moon. Plus, we'll hear a bit from our Automotive News LinkedIn Live event from earlier today about the FTC's proposed dealership rules that are riling retailers. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. The second quarter was Penske Automotive Group's most profitable earnings period ever. Despite a slight drop in revenue and lower new and used vehicle sales, net income jumped 10% to almost $376 million. Penske got help from higher per-vehicle profits, more earnings from finance and insurance, and higher overall used vehicle and parts revenue. Penske says revenue was nicked by foreign currency exchange. It slipped about 1% to $6.9 billion. While retailers like Penske are thriving, times are rough for companies in the automated driving space. General Motors says it lost $500 million on its robo-taxi service cruise during the second quarter. That's more than $5 million a day. GM has now lost nearly $5 billion since 2018, trying to build the robo-taxi business in San Francisco. Now, as crews starts charging for rides, the losses are accelerating. The company's struggles come as investors are backing away from riskier bets on technology like autonomous vehicle services. For example, shares of AV technology company Aurora Innovation are down 80% this year. Shares of robo-trucking company Too Simple Holdings have lost more than 70% of their value. Some automakers, including Ford, have scaled back investments in automated vehicle units or taken on partners to share the cost. Autopilot, Safety Sense, EyeSight. Automakers have all kinds of different names for advanced driver assistance systems, or ADAS. Consumer safety groups say that can be a problem. They say the names can cause confusion for customers and compromise safety. A coalition that includes AAA, Consumer Reports, and J.D. Power is once again urging automakers and regulators to adopt standardized terms for ADAS features. It released an updated and expanded set of terms that they say will clear up confusion as the technologies become more common. The group says the terms are not meant to replace an automaker's proprietary system or package names. Instead, they should be used to help consumers access clear and consistent information on window stickers, in owner's manuals, and other marketing materials. The group started the effort in 2019 with an initial list of standardized names that was endorsed by the U.S. Department of Transportation in 2020. You can find a link to the newly updated list of terms at autonews.com. All right, who had going to the moon on their auto industry bingo card for this year? In May, GM and Lockheed Martin said they were developing a lunar vehicle for moon missions. 
Now Hyundai and Kia say they aim to, quote, slip the surly bonds of earth. The South Korean automaker said today that they will collaborate with a group of research institutes to develop mobility solutions for the moon. Consultations are expected to start as early as August. Efforts will focus on exploration equipment, software, and remote communication. The car makers did not offer specifics about the vision, such as a timeline for landing on the moon or whether a rover might be human-driven or remote-controlled. The announcement follows South Korea's launch of a domestically produced rocket in June. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, you're fresh off today's LinkedIn Live event for Automotive News. You and our own Dan Shine were talking with some experts about the proposed FTC rules meant to crack down on shady dealership practices. What were some of the big takeaways from your perspective? Yeah, one of the things that really jumped out at me, Gene Noonan from Hudson Cook, before she was a, a lawyer helping retailers you know, stay within the rules, she was an executive at the Federal Trade Commission. And she pointed out that when these rules take effect, you can just about guarantee that they're going to have plenty of paralegals and junior lawyers going around, checking all the websites of all the retailers to make sure that they're complying with the new guidelines. It's called a sweep, makes a lot of sense, but definitely something that they're not just going to put these rules on the books and wait for customers to flag the problems to them. They're going to go out and look for them. Coming up, we'll hear part of that LinkedIn Live conversation next on Daily Drive. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory. Sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. The reaction has been swift to the Federal Trade Commission's proposed rules meant to crack down on certain dealership practices they would ban finance and insurance coverage and physical vehicle add-ons that, quote, provide no benefit. They would also require expanded disclosure and consent on those optional products, including a list of prices online. The FTC is considering cracking down on dealerships' advertising related to the cost of the vehicle itself. This afternoon, Automotive News hosted our latest LinkedIn Live event. Senior Editor Dan Shine and I moderated the discussion with two people who've been thinking a lot 
about these proposed new rules. Shannon Robertson is the executive director of the Association of Finance and Insurance Professionals. Gene Noonan is a partner with the Hudson Cook Law Firm. We talked at length about the proposed rules and answered several questions from our live audience. Here's a part of that conversation. Uh, Shannon, I know you're in uh, Dayton right now, the birthplace of aviation. Um, and I think when we spoke on the phone a couple of days ago, you said that you were behind in your training schedule because the dealership there, you know, people that you were working with had a lot of questions about this. What are you hearing as you travel the country from dealer to dealer? What do you hear from, you know, FNI managers and others about these proposals? To say there's a lot of questions is an understatement. I mean, I normally am like, like in today's class I'm teaching, we're normally pretty far along by uh, 1130. Uh, but we've, you know, when we were teaching Reg Z and Reg M, we're still in the Reg Z, Reg M conversation because we're having to go into the detail on what are the additional steps required to meet the FTC changes as you go through the process. It's going to lengthen the process. And how do they become compliant? How do they apply it? How do we have the record keeping? I mean, there's a lot how to and how to, and that's what AFIP does. I mean, one of the things, you know, why dealers get AFIP certified is not just to teach the rules and regulations, but we come in and teach the application of those rules. Menu companies are going to have to make changes, right? We're telling dealers if these rules go into effect, the first call you make is to your menu company, right? You now need to have total of payments, right, on the menu. The minute you change the monthly payment, you now have to show the customer what that changes in their total payment amount over the length of the contract, right? So the first thing they've got to do is call the menu companies. Second thing you have to do is you now have to add training to your, your department that handles the advertising and your websites, right? What's the cost? What's the time frame to get everything online, right? There's got to, we're putting together checklists. The rules go into place. Here's a dealer checklist on everything they need to start doing right now. Who they need to contact, who do they need to train, and what documents need to be updated, and then how do we record keep this? We're starting to get a lot of good questions coming in from the chat. Let me throw this one out. One is asking about the requirement for uh, separate offers for vehicles without add-ons. Does that mean that is a dealer prohibited from pre-installing any accessories? Could you offer you know, the Ford Ranger with the bedliner if you've already installed it? Or is do you still have to offer it without it um, as if you'd you know, strip it off or you'd find them one somewhere else? I would say that if it's installed, it's part of the car. Uh, the dealer's not going to take it off and he's advertising it or showing the car with the bed liner, it's part of the price of the car. And that should be part of the advertised price, not the MSRP. Those type of dealer install items are included in the sales price. Customer calls in and asks what the price of the vehicle is, right? That's the price they're given. Here's the price of the vehicle. It has those dealer uh, add-on. I think what one of the things that maybe to add additional answer, I think what you would have to look for is the dealer that has the price of the vehicle and then has the separate addendum. And on that addendum, they include key replacement, right? They have other services there in that addendum. That's where you would have to get into what is the actual offering price of the vehicle. And then here's what the products are that additional. Are they optional, right? 
Are they required? That's where you start to get get into those additional disclosure requirements. Another one from the audience. This is directed to Shannon, but uh, obviously either of you can take it. What do you see as a positive from these proposed changes with respect to customer service and what consumers want or expect? Is there a silver lining to this? Well, I, I'm going to go back to transparency, right? At the core, this is about transparency, right? There's a reason why they're moving some of the UDAP fines they found to the actual restrictions. There's a, there's a reason why they're doing this. We don't all agree with the way and the level they're doing it, but there's a reason why behind it. And it's transparency, right? I think the advantage to the customer out of this is it forces dealers to be the dealers maybe that play in the grade that maybe don't follow the rules. If they are going to follow the rules, it's going to force them to be man more transparent with the customer, right? If I'm contacting you and I want to know what the price of the vehicle is, I can't wait till you get to my store and then tell you about my $15,000 market value adjustment, right? For a customer that's driven three hours out of their way, that's frustrating. It's also going to require the dealer to say, I don't have the vehicle that you're asking about, right? There's a there's an advertisement that was ran. I'm out of those vehicles in stock. It's going to tell the dealer's going to have to tell that customer, I don't have that vehicle here. Not come here and let me tell you once you get here, I don't have it. So I think there's transparency there. And there are products that some dealers put on the vehicle with an excessive markup that don't justify the value. It does happen. So it's going to require those dealers to look at those products, look at the markup and determine, are they marking up beyond what the actual value of the product is? If you notice, they're not saying you can't mark up products. They're concerned about products that don't provide a value or marked up at a level where there's not a justifiable value. So those are some of the advantages to the customer in that process. FTC cares a lot about. They don't set prices. They don't tell dealers you can only charge what we consider to be a reasonable cost. They trust the market to regulate prices. So if dealers all have their F&I products on their website and the prices attached to them, uh, that doesn't mean that the consumer still can't go in and try to negotiate those prices down. But Maybe it'll turn a consumer off if you set it too high. I just think you'll see some things go away, right? Or, or get more strict. They talk about yo-yo transactions. I mean, as, as we know, every FTC guide that's been created on how to buy a car, buyer beware is always be aware of yo-yo transactions of what's officially known as spot deliveries, right? So I think you're going to see more states and maybe them make more rules to clarify things you can and cannot do, right? Some states have actual spot delivery forms. If you're going to do it, this is the form you use, right? I think you're going to see other areas where rules are going to come into place to help a dealer know what they can and cannot do, right? So take yo-yo transactions as an example. Hit me with what's that? What is the, the spot transaction, the yo-yo? What's the concern there? What's, what is it and what's the problem with it? Absolutely. So a spot delivery is where the customer in my store, we come to an agreement of what that contract or what that deal is going to be. But I don't have the final bank's approval. Maybe it's late on a Saturday night. So I sign the contract that these are the agreed upon terms. And then if the dealer's doing it correctly, they have a secondary form, a spot delivery form that educates the consumer on what the next steps are. 
if the funding source doesn't buy the contract on the agreed upon terms, the customer brings the vehicle back and allows the dealer an opportunity to try to get another deal put together that's close to the original deal. If it's done properly, the spot delivery form, you know, it tells the customer what the dealer's obligation is. And then it also tells the customer what their obligation is, right? If you don't bring the car back within so many days, there, here's what you're charged for daily rental fee, mileage fee. You know, there's very clear guidelines on what everybody's responsibility is. The reason why this is contentious with the FTC is because only, I think, four or five states actually have a state required form. And a lot of the state's ruling is you can do it, but they don't give you guidance on protection on how they do it. So dealers have used this as a deceptive practice where I pencil the customer at a or assign the customer at a deal I know the bank can't get, won't approve. I let them drive the car for three or four or five days, gain emotional attachment, and then I bring them back and forcibly say, I've already sold your trade-in. You don't have any other option. You have to take this new deal at a much higher price. Hmm. The purpose of the form is it eliminates those confusions and protects the dealer and protects the consumer so they fully understand what might happen if they have to come back. Shannon Robertson is the executive director of the Association of Finance and Insurance Professionals, and Gene Noonan is a partner with the Hudson Cook Law Firm. They were our guests for today's Automotive News LinkedIn Live event. If you missed the event, you can still find a replay on our LinkedIn page. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on federal dealership regulations, earnings results, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a look at General Motors' disappointing earnings results, as well as the automakers' evolving EV plans with Automotive News GM reporter Anna Lutz. And if you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.